morning, everyone. So we are here today um, because, you know, we have the extra and we have to have like pride start in like May because we're that kind of like Amish queer, right, James? Um, but anyways, we have a special guest, Edward from Keith Pride. And I'm happy pride, everyone. Happy pride. And I'm, of course, joined by my co-host, James, who is fabulous as always, and so is Edward. Um, do you have anything you'd like to say, James? Yeah, it's International Day Against Homophobia, Interphobia, Transphobia. So it's an honor and a joy, Mary, to hold space with you and Edward, representing Kiev Pride, Ukraine. And um, I just wanted to say really quickly by way of introduction that, you know, Mary and I are harsher with Ukraine, LGBTQ community in Ukraine. And we want to thank you for defending democracy and freedom on behalf of the entire Western Hemisphere. And also thank you, President Zelensky, who is so cute. Really, James? Oh, you had yeah, to go there. You had to really go there. That's that's Mary, where you're going. Mary, have you have you seen guys from Ukraine? They are hot. I'm not even joking. It's I pride, y'all. I can why say. Why are that, you okay? telling me that guys are hot, James? Uh, <laughs> the girls, the girls are hot too. Okay. So. okay. I mean, <laughs> ooh, I I did live in Germany for five years, James. Like I did travel quite a bit. I saw quite a few of different European women. Okay. So, anyways, <laughs> that being said, I have several <laughs> questions. <laughs> For Edward, starting off, which is, uh -huh, how can we best support Ukraine and the LGBTQ oh. community there? Hey, James. And your, yes. Before, before you go there, can you, yeah. can you, um, can you ask Edward to introduce himself? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> yes, Edward. Yeah. Would you please introduce yourselves and, uh, and, um, yeah, uh, celebrate with us pride early. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Actually, uh, if the situation is in Ukraine was like the last year, if it was okay, uh, we would start celebrating pride today as well, because, we started different events on the 17th of May in Kyiv, but this year definitely doesn't happen. So uh, my name is Edward Rees. I'm a queer, non-binary trans person from Ukraine. I work for Kyiv Pride, which is one of the biggest and most visible queer organizations in our country. And uh, now uh, on the 24th of February, when the Russian invasion in Ukraine started, uh, we had to switch things that we do because we were planning different projects, including uh, lectures and events in the eastern part of Ukraine. We were working on many different things. We were planning to start uh, the Pride events and uh, everything changed in one day, in one night. Uh, 
so now uh, we are helping people who are still in Ukraine. We are helping people who fled Ukraine. We are giving uh, psychological support, uh, like financial support. And uh, we are planning a pride, but uh, it won't happen in Kyiv. It will be in Warsaw on uh, 25th of uh, June. We are making a joint Pride March together with Worship Pride. So I guess uh, it's what Cave Pride is doing right now and what we are planning to do while everything is still happening. And I wanted to tell about uh, the, the topic that started this conversation that in Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian army is uh, one of the most acceptive for women and we have around uh, 30 percent of women in our army so you should look up ukrainian sol female soldiers they are amazing so yes absolutely, absolutely. Look, up, look up women ukraine soldiers um we have a listener that says good morning and they also say so edward you're not in ukraine i hope uh, yeah, I am uh, now in uh, Denmark, in Copenhagen. I had to leave. I didn't want to leave, actually, but I had to leave because I was uh, I had my top surgery planned in Ukraine for March. And it definitely couldn't happen in Ukraine. So I had to go to another country, which uh, also not so good for trans people. <laughs> it, it was really odd for me because I came to Denmark and I understood being here that it's quite transphobic, uh, uh, talking about medicine and uh, transition. Uh, it's even, it's like, it's strange, but it's more transphobic than Ukraine. So I will be doing my job surgery in Sweden because it is, it's easier there. It's actually scheduled on Monday, so I'm anxious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's why I actually had to leave because it was a big plan for several years and I couldn't postpone it more. And when I, uh, like recover a bit i guess i will be going home in september i'm planning to do it in september uh because i'm really i really miss my home and uh, in kiev now it's a little more quiet and easy than it was uh, a month before so i hope that we will win this war till september because i need to go home yeah it's really difficult sounds really difficult to be displaced in a whole new country and you know navigating a medical system in different yes. countries and that sounds like a lot of stress on you um hopefully i i, I hope with you that that like the invasion will be um resolved by then and that you can go home safely um uh, which also leads me to one of the questions that I had for you. So like, how did, I, I guess you kind of answered part of that is like, so how did that affect um, queer people in, in Ukraine when the invasion happened? Uh, well, you know, like, uh, I guess this kind of a thing when uh, 
another country invades your country. It affects everyone almost the same. But if uh, we're talking about queer people, uh, many of uh, the trans people lost their access to uh, hormone therapy. Uh, many like me, for example, like who had surgeries planned, we couldn't do it and so on. And uh, when we're talking about, um, and, and, and many of the queer people actually uh, were ready to go to the army because uh, we have an organization or like a group which is called Ukrainian LGBTQ Military and Veterans. And we have great amount of uh, gay people, lesbians, trans people, bisexuals in the army right now. And uh, they are totally like, I see your listeners uh, is uh, writing badass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they are uh, totally right now at the front lines, volunteering and so on. So um, I guess that uh, as everyone, as every Ukrainian, uh, queer people are right now fighting. Some of us had to leave because like reasons. Uh, but even when we are in other countries, we are totally with Ukraine. We are totally helping. We are sending money to the army or to the volunteer organizations. We are spreading the word. We are going to different street actions. Like here in Copenhagen, we have uh, many different uh, street actions, meetings, supporting Ukraine. So I visit all of them. And I know that my friends in Germany, in uh, Poland, in Czech Republic, they also do this. And uh, they do all they can to support Ukraine from the places where they had to live now. Yeah, that sounds like a massive, massive, like joint effect, like y'all are working together to yeah and like my like our listener says um the ukrainians really are badass my heart goes out to all of you yeah i would like to echo that like my heart really does go out to all of you and for those of you who are listening and may not understand like why we would have a guest from ukraine here there is actually a branch of um anabaptists in the u.s that is called the russian mennonites and some of those um, Russian Mennonites, they ended up in Ukraine at one point in time or another. And so some of them are actually Ukrainian in part in their genetic history. So I think it's important to understand the, the connection and the fact that you have a, a, a group of people that's called, um, they call themselves pacifists non-violent and all of these things right but they still hold on to the name russian mennonites what would you like to see happening there edward uh well i uh, totally hope that any organization which supports uh freedom love uh, peace and so on but still holds the name Russian. <laughs> I totally hope that they will change it because there are many options to change the name. Uh, like, for example, we had a theater in Kiev, which till the February of this year, it was called the Theater of Russian Drama. 
and uh, actually everyone was really uh, curious why they are still called Russian because the war is uh, going on from 2014 and uh, after this full-scale invasion they actually changed their name they just took out word Russian so now they're just the theater of drama. So I hope that uh, everyone will uh, try to do this as well because being connected to Russia right now is like totally unacceptable. Yeah. Thank you for that. And how how would it affect like, you know, so if you're your future right now, you're you we were talking a little bit about how you would be doing pride activities typically. And now because of being under siege and, and the war that's happening in your country, you're you're not doing pride. But I think I saw something about something else that Kiev Pride is doing where they yeah. were like, go ahead. Uh, we were invited uh, by Warsaw Pride in Poland. Uh, to make a connected Pride together with Worship Pride on the 25th of uh, June. Mm -hmm. So it will be like a march for freedom, for peace uh, against the war in Ukraine, against Russia, because Poland is right now, like I guess, mostly like Polish LGBTQ community and Poland as a whole is really helpful for Ukraine. And uh, it... Um, welcomed great amount of Ukrainian refugees and they're really helping. So uh, when I actually traveled from Ukraine to Copenhagen, I spent uh, several days in Poland and uh, I saw this great amount of help and support and uh, like we just received everything that we need being refugees uh, without any like things, food, money. So they are really great. And uh, this uh, joint pride, which we will march together in June, mm -hmm. is also the way to show our support for Poland and to like show that we are together. Uh, so I really hope that it will be nice and big and people from the whole Europe are coming. And I'm also going to be there and I'm really... Uh, I wait for this very much because uh, I really miss my team and my friends and they will be coming there like from Kyiv and also people who are refugees in other countries and we will meet, we will see this uh, big pride. They are waiting for around 80,000 of people. Oh, I really hope that happens. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Actually, actually this year, uh, twenty. 22 is the jubilee year for Kyiv Pride. We had to march in Kyiv in June, uh, our 10th March. So, for uh, unfortunately, it won't be in Kyiv, but we have to do this 10th March. Yes, yes. Go you. <laughs> and then, like, doesn't isn't there something else that also keep pride is not keep pride, but your community center, like there's a shelter being made or something or yeah, there like, was a shelter made. Uh, keep pride together with the organization, which is called gay Alliance Ukraine, uh, created a shelter in Kiev, 
uh, it's uh, by now they just uh, like starting to make everything cozy and nice and uh, several uh, weeks it's it's it already worked for several weeks but it was like a hotel type and now it's uh, in uh, like we rented a place for it and uh, it will be a place uh, for uh, LGBTQ people who need shelter, who need a place to sleep, to eat, who need support and food and everything. And uh, it's also for uh, it's also for some community. So it will be also a community center, a place to uh, communicate, to talk, to like spend time together because it's also queer people are really in need of that because when the invasion started, many of us became disconnected and all the communities became broken because people had to flee, people went to the army and so on. So we, all of us really miss our friends and loved ones. So I guess I hope that this community center shelter will be the help for this. And we already had our first event this week in this shelter, like last week. Uh, people gathered there to watch Eurovision. So that I, is wonderful. Yeah, so I hope that we will have more events about this later in this place. Yeah. Yes, and may, and may I say congratulations on Eurovision? That was amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's actually a great opportunity for Ukraine to continue speaking about the war. So we uh, we see that uh, it helps and uh, all the interviews and publicity, it's very important. Well, it can help exert some, you know, visibility and it creates like a space where people are able to empathize with what's happening or even understand better what's happening when you create that space and you are being that voice. So thank you for that. Um, the other thing um, one of our listeners says is even with everything that's going on, you need to get out and march and have some fun and relaxing. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, I actually... And uh, I actually uh, planned uh, already several different events in Europe. I will be attending and speaking at a march in Sweden and in Copenhagen because like, it's a place for fun, definitely, but it's also a place to speak about Ukraine more and more. Thank you. That's really important. I'm really grateful to have had you here as, as our guest. And I did have one more thing. It's like when, when you talk about community, um, you know, many, I don't know about Ukrainian communities, but in inside of like communities that I'm familiar with, um, if you are queer or, or LGBTQ in any way, um, many of us are disconnected from our birth families because of the homophobia and transphobia and, you know, periodically being told very uh, in great detail how we're going to hell and things like that um, because we are queer. Um, is that anything like the community that we create like that? It almost sounds like that was ripped from you guys. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, there is actually this big problem because uh, many of Ukrainian, mostly I would say teens and young people, 
uh, had to stay with their family now. So, for example, like a person uh, lived in a small city, they went to uh, college or university to a bigger city, and they found a queer community there. They went to events, they found friends or love or something. And now, for example, like Kharkiv is bombed heavily and Kharkiv has big queer community and people have to go to their families and to go to evacuation with them, go to Europe or Western parts of the country with their homophobic and transphobic families. So it's really hard. And I see great amount of stories like this about these young people who uh, have to spend their time again with the families who disowned them, who uh, bullied them, who they have to uh, run from their families. And now they are back together. So yeah, it's really hard. And that's why uh, Cave Pride and other organizations are also creating some online spaces with uh, psychologists, friendly psychologists, uh, where people can talk and uh, find some help for mental health. I'm also sometimes leading those groups. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm like a peer-to-peer -peer activist. So I'm talking with non-binary and trans people, and we are trying to find some uh, ways how to deal with this transphobia in the family. And I always tell that it's really important to have this community where you are supported. And we also, Cave uh, Pride also receives great amount of uh, help and uh, suggestions from international organizations, uh, from Europe, from Canada, from US, from Australia even. Uh, so the organizations who support Ukrainian refugees. And uh, me being a refugee in Denmark, I also am a part of this, like, I went to Danish organization, which is called LGBT Asylum, and they helped me to like integrate and they have some events, parties and so on. So I feel myself uh, inside the queer community now. It's not Ukrainian, it's like Danish plus refugees from other countries, from Syria, from Afghanistan and others. Uh, but we are together, we understand each other because we're all queer. So. It's really helpful. And we have also this kind of uh, help from organizations in Poland and Czech Republic in Germany and so on. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying is you're able to build connections with people and, and build feel connected to people, even though you may not have the long-term connection with them because of the queer struggle for safety in your own homes and because of the queer struggle for like appropriate medical care and appropriate support and the list just goes on and on and on. Even though it doesn't matter what your nationality is, it doesn't matter what community you came from, it seems like the vast majority of queer people, we all have similar struggles. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's like, uh here uh, being in this community we meet uh, people from syria mm -hmm. and they are also affected by russian army so we have this connection as well because like russian army is also really bad in syria and afghanistan and chechnya so we talk to those people uh, who had to flee their homes 
before us. And they also say that, you know, we understand what you feel right now because we also were bombed by Russia. That really sounds quite terrifying, to be honest, to be bombed by another country in your own homes. Like, yeah. And then have to flee your country and like, just, wow. I'm glad and grateful that you're here with us today. Um, James, did you have anything you want to share today? Well, um, yeah, you know, I wish, um, you know, I wish peace for, you know, there's so many, so many countries around the world. Um, I wanted to touch on, there's the Mennonite Center in Ukraine. And so we have a, a, a connection, um, to Ukraine, but, but um, you know, uh, Mennonites, for example, some, some do missionary work, but, but um, I'm not certainly advocating for, you know, missionary work, but I just wanted to point out that there's probably a lot of Mennonites in places of conflict around the world, including possibly, you know, LGBTQ um, youth in places like South America and Mexico. We have the what what are known as the old colony Mennonites, um, and and so um, we just wanted to you know um, take a moment and remember all, all of these people that may be in in countries around the world that have conflict, and so they may not be um, you know safe, not only from oppression but from the geopolitical factors around them, you know that impact their their existence. So, um, yeah, thank you so much, Edward, for, for uh, coming on the podcast with us and celebrating Pride with us. And so I thought maybe I would also ask you, you know, what advice would you give to a young um, LG, LGBTQ person in Ukraine or, you know, Eastern Europe right now in general, um, you know, as they may be displaced? Um, but yeah, uh, and uh, any messages of of pride for them this year? Uh, well, I I would say that um, it doesn't matter where you are, uh, but your homeland and your community is in your heart. And we will definitely all come home, the ones who want to come home, and mostly Ukrainians want to return. and. Uh, being in different countries of Europe and the world, we all watch the news from Ukraine and we all think about returning. And uh, also, I would like to say, like, maybe you see, if you're watching this video, I have uh, my favorite uh, saying written on my wall. It's a citation from a quote from uh, Rainer Maria Rilke which was uh, in the movie uh, Jojo Rabbit. And uh, it says, just keep going, no feeling is final. It means that uh, anything can happen, but nothing is forever. And if you are uh, sad, if you are depressed, if you are scared, sometime it will end and you will feel other emotions 
it really helps me, this uh, quote, and that's why I wrote it on my wall. <laughs> Uh, because it really helps me remember that even war will be over and Ukraine will win this war, definitely. When we won Eurovision, uh, everyone wrote in the social media that, okay, it's a first victory this year. So we will definitely win this war and we will all come home, hug our friends, relatives and loved ones and Ukraine will thrive and grow. Thank you for that. That is beautiful. Uh, Amen. Absolutely. I, beautiful. I just, I literally can't think of a better way to end this episode than with just thank you for that. That is, that is beautiful. Remember that what you're experiencing right now is not forever. Um, sometimes we experience things in life that seem like they are going to last forever and we will never survive. But at the end of the day, everything shall pass. At one point in time or another, you're going to experience something else. And I'd like to also say to any of our listeners and viewers, you are a wonderful human being. You deserve to live a life of joy filled with happiness. And you deserve to have peace and, and love and compassion and empathy. And if you're in a space where you're not receiving those things, I really hope that someday you get to that place where you can receive those things. And happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride. Happy Pride, Ukraine. Yes, Thank happy you. Pride. Have a beautiful Tuesday.